the Raiders absolutely brought me down to my knees on the way they were playing. And then they carried you to the heavens. And yeah, they cared. Thank God. I want to thank. I want to thank Greg Williams (laughs) for being one of the worst defensive coordinators in the NFL and sending eight guys on a blitz when the Raiders have to go 50 plus yards. Thank you for that. I want to thank Lamar Jackson for being a slow cornerback. I want to (laughs) thank. Not bad for a cornerback. <laughs> I want to I want to thank Henry Ruggs for being fast. What's good everybody? It's your boy Juan from the Max and Juan Cast. Back to you once again for another night. Just got finished watching some Sunday football. Max, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Same thing with you. Sunday football all day. It was a great day. It was a good day for me, I guess. I don't want to get too negative right now. But <laughs> what's up, everybody? I'm glad to have you here with us. I'm excited, man. We got the Sunday night football going on in the background, so we're not going to be able to tell you the final of that one. But pretty sure the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. But besides that, let's get us started, Max. Well, first I want to go into one of the marquee matchups of the week. The Rams versus the Cardinals. Give me your initial thoughts, Juan. Uh, first of all, run game was going for the Rams. Sean McVay, impressive once again against the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray disappointed me. Threw a pick six. Didn't look that good. Once again, got to pump the brakes on Kyler. Juan is smiling. We don't have video of it, but I'm sure of it. You can almost hear it. <laughs> I'm just smiling at all the Kyler Murray fanboys right now that want to crown him so early. Great player. Just got some got some time to grow. Let's just pump the brakes. Yeah, just to be clear, this isn't to hate on Kyler Murray. It's just we just had the discussion about Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun played pretty well today. We're going to get into that a little later. But, yeah, Kyler didn't play well at all. I thought the Rams' defensive scheme was excellent against him. The pick six was a bad read. Troy Hill came off the the receiver and just pick six them. It was easy. It was a bad throw, bad read. The whole game, I kind of thought he was, I want to say he was kind of flustered the whole game. What would you say? Yeah, um, he's been looking like that the last three games, I would say, ever since Seattle, even arguably against the Buffalo Bills at times, even though they won that game. It's It's obvious to me that teams got tape on him. Teams got tape on him. Um, a lot of the easy throws are not there. A lot of guys are containing and um, keeping a sharp edge on him whenever he gets out on the outside. And that's basically it. I mean, he's he's still great. He is still phenomenal, dude. He's an amazing athlete. He can throw the heck out of the ball. He's just not there yet. It's It's not all there. Give him some time to grow. Let's get some experience. I know he's a great player to follow and a great player to cheer for, but teams got him figured out, and it showed today against a great Rams defense. I mean, we got to get into the Rams defense, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Before we do, I just have a quick question for you. Do you think it's tape on Kyler or tape on Arizona's offense? Because I don't think their offense is that complicated. No, it's definitely not. It's simplistic. It's simple, but it works. And 
the Rams ain't going to go for that, especially with them having Aaron Donald on the other side. That's almost faster than your quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was getting tracked down by Donald. It looked unfair, you know? So going to the Rams defense, like you just said, is it safe to say they're underrated? Because there's this conception about the Rams because their coach is an offensive genius. You know, the last three years with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. They got the reputation of being a great offensive team. But as of right now, that's not the case. They're a defense first, run first team. And the key to beat the Rams, as we've seen, is stop them from running the ball. It's not about the throwing of the ball anymore. And I think the defense is the best part about their team right now. Yeah, there's that's no question, man. I, I completely agree with you. One one little stat I want to throw out there that's I found amazing is they've only gave up 30 points this year once. They haven't let an opponent besides the Buffalo Bills score 30. No one. They've kept them under 30 all year. And in my book, in today's NFL, that's a win. That's a big win. It's hard to keep teams under 30. What do you think like the magic number is to keep teams between like 17 to 24? I wouldn't say that. I would say in today's NFL, probably twenty four to twenty eight. Wow, I would, I would, I would lean more on the seven, like the mid, like the high teens, low twenty side. But I understand where you're coming from. This Rams defense, it's well coached. They are physical, and they have great players at every level. The linebackers are good. Donald's a monster. We're not going to go into Aaron Donald. There's been enough said about him. But someone I've been super impressed by is Jalen Ramsey. For years, we've known him as this big-talking corner who backs it up. But last year, I wouldn't say he backed it up. But this year, I have just something I want to say real quick. He's faced Stephon Diggs. He held him to four catches, 50 yards, one touchdown. A couple weeks ago against DK, two catches, 28 yards. And against Terry McLaurin, this is probably the most pro-Terry McLaurin podcast out there. Three catches for 26 yards. What do you think about Jalen right now? Phenomenal, man. And just going back to the guys that they have, I mean, arguably they have two guys on their defense who are at the best at at their position right now. You got Donald, best defense alignment in the league, and you got Jalen Ramsey, best cornerback in the league. That's a good recipe. You're going to have a good defense if you have that, first of all. Second of all, going back on Ramsey, I couldn't agree more, dude. He's He is playing great this year. He's worth every penny that they paid him. He's worth those two draft picks that they, that they gave up for him. He made Hopkins frustrated as hell today. It was obvious. Yeah, Hopkins scored a touchdown down, down in the red zone on the goal line. But all game, I seen him harassing him, having his hands on him. It was just all it was all body language from Hopkins just telling how Ramsey was getting to him today. Just to speak on the touchdown, it was a pick play. So Ramsey actually got picked and then Hop caught the touchdown. So that's not all completely on Ramsey. And this isn't some trying to crown Jalen Ramsey. This is just what I've seen from him the whole year. I agree with one best corner in the league so far this year. I don't think it's close. He just shows the ability to match up with any receiver, any speed, any size. He can run with the fastest of them. And he can be just as physical as the biggest of them, like DK and DeAndre. Like, he doesn't back down from them. And that's what's special. Yeah. And he made DeAndre so angry today, I'm sure. He was probably talking to him. He probably got away with some ticky-tack PI. 
the way Arizona's used DeAndre, I'm not in love with it. It's really seemed to me to be feast or famine. And I don't love that. Houston, it seemed like it was always consistent. Eight catches, damn near 100 yards. Because, I mean, to to Deshaun Watson's detriment at times, he stared him down. And now it seems like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle at times. Yeah, I would agree with you to a certain point. Um, part of it is they're, I think they're a run-first team, obviously. They want to run the ball. And DeAndre is going to be fine. It's just Jalen Ramsey's playing out of his mind this year. He's playing absolutely out of his mind. Uh, best corner in the, in the game right now. And that's that's why they're a great defense. Their defense is phenomenal, man. They're definitely definitely becoming out of that territory of being underrated. And they're making themselves known as of right now. But I'm going to say this. As far as them as a team, I'm just waiting for Jared Goff to mess it up. But why would you say that? Like, what about Goff? <laughs> In the last three years, has made you believe that we we talked about it last podcast. He's he sees ghosts. <laughs> Shout out to Sam Darnold, but he does. He once you get pressure in his face, he's not the same quarterback. And I think you alluded to this last podcast also. Is Sean McVay great play caller? Great play caller. Great coach. He sets up great play designs for him, dude. It's it's amazing on the play designs that they have, whether it's getting Robert Woods the ball on the play action boot or Cooper Cup, and obviously the run game is going, so that's a big part of it too. But it's gonna become a game where he's gonna have to make some big time throws with a guy draped all over him, and I'm just not confident that he's gonna make the right play, and I feel like he's gonna turn over the ball. And just another thing on Sean McVay, a quick quick little stat. 33 and 0 in his career when leading at halftime undefeated that's wild i i didn't know that <laughs> jeez 33 and 0 33 and 0 never lost whenever he has the lead at half okay rams throw the kitchen sink at every team the first half don't worry about the second half he'll take care <laughs> of it now typically me and Juan like to make fun of those stats but that is one of those stats that just shows He's tough to come, like the Rams are a tough team to play from behind against. Like you were saying, McVeigh sets up Goff. There were so many instances where it's like a staple of the McVeigh offense, right? It's the bootleg. Cooper Cup comes from like he's in the backfield basically and runs for 15 yards. I'm thinking to myself, Arizona, you know this is coming. Stop it. You see them twice a year. And that's why Cl- Cliff Kingsbury has not beat the Rams. Yeah, it's tough, man. And this win earned them number one spot as of right now in the NFC West. Uh, it looks like Seattle is falling apart, which we're going to get into right now. Well, just really quickly, it also kind of puts Arizona on the outside looking in. It was a huge game for playoff implications for this division. Huge week, I would say. And like once said, we're going to talk about, what, the upset of the week, would you say, so far? By far, this this was huge. I I did not see this coming at all. I want to say I did see it coming, but I just didn't want to say I saw it coming. But, you know, I didn't. <laughs> The Giants beat the Seahawks 17-12. to It was a crap show from Seattle the whole afternoon, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was It was terrible. They they got punched in the mouth, dude. They got bullied today. I can't even make the case, you know, Seattle had to go cross-country to play the Giants. They There was jet lag and stuff. This was at home. 
Granted, there's no fans. It's not the usual Seattle crowd we're used to. But they got punched in the mouth exactly like Juan said. Yeah, first loss at home this year also. Wow. And also, I want to retract what I said about punching the mouth. It was a full MMA butt-kicking TKO, whatever Jake Paul did to Nate Robinson. That's what this <laughs> I was. I was just going to say that. Is it Jake Paul, is, is it Jake Paul worthy? <laughs> Not worthy, but it was like the first knockdown. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Giants defense played amazing. They they got ballers, man. They got ballers. They have a couple of first round picks on their team that everyone kind of low key forgot about. They they got Jabril Peppers. A lot of people forget he was a first round draft pick. Got traded. He's he's balling right now for them. They they of course got Dexter Lawrence. He's playing phenomenal. And they got Leonard Williams, another first-round guy who people kind of forgot about. That's a great talent. He had three sacks today. So Joe Judge has that defense playing phenomenal right now. And they're good, dude. Four straight. Four straight wins in a row. I remember seeing all this talk about Joe Judge might not be the guy. I never believed that. The Giants have played hard every game this year. They've been blown out one time by the Niners. But the last five games, it's been less than a field goal, like three to five points. And they've won those games. And that's and this is a young team. They won without their starting quarterback today against Seattle, who should have spanked this team, taking control of the NFC West. But the Giants fought. That D-line, I wouldn't say it's supremely talented, but they're a pain in the butt to deal with. This is the first time I've seen Leonard Williams really show how good he can be. Because him coming out in the draft, he was supposed to be one of those elite guys in the last 10 years to get into this draft. And he got traded from the Jets. Didn't really work out. But it looks like he's found a home with the New York Giants, man. He's playing more end on the Jets. He played a lot of inside and end. He was kind of a combo guy. But just look at the roster of the D-line. You got Dexter Lawrence, 6'4", 340 pounds. Dalvin Tomlinson, 6'3", 320 Leonard Williams at your edge at 6'5", 302. That's a huge edge. Most edges are what, 271, 265? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really big. And they got B.J. Hill at 6'3", a light 311. That's Man, a- <laughs> all 300-pounders. That's insane. That's the Baltimore of the NFC. Just muck up the O-line, make it take up space, let your linebackers eat. I hate the Giants with a passion. But that D-line, I enjoy watching them, man. They're It's like a throwback, kind of. Yeah, and they got solid players on, on, on the other levels of the defense. Not to mention, they, they signed Blake Martinez from Green Bay. He looks like to, to be working out for them. I was talking a lot of crap about James Bradbury last week when I was doing my picks. But, hey, James Bradbury's been playing solid for them. So they, they got some ballers on that team. What percentage of this win would you say is their defense playing good slash great to Seattle's offense playing like doo-doo, for lack of a better word? Uh, I would give more credit to to the Giants' defense. They They really did come out and play. Yes, Russell Wilson probably had one of his worst career games. It was bad. DK had a couple drop passes. Wide receivers couldn't get open. Chris Carson had some couple bad drops. It was bad, but I, I would give I would give more credit to to the Giants defense. More on that part. 
Would you say 60-40? That's a good number, 60-40. Chris Carson's interception, Russell Wilson threw an interception, basically. But it was Chris Carson's fault. It bounced off his hands and deflected off the guy. That was the type of game it was for Seattle. They were just out of sorts the whole game. Maybe they just didn't want to play the Giants. They were like, oh, this will be an easy one. We'll just show up. You can't do that to the Giants. And Seattle, I know we've, at their best, they look like a Super Bowl contender. But at their worst, they have looked like a crappy team, a team that shouldn't be as good as they are. So I don't really know what to make of the Seattle team. There's dysfunction at times on both sides of the ball. But at times, both sides look out of sorts. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one point that we haven't brought up is their offensive line is bad. They have a bad offensive line. They have no depth on it. The best player that they have is what, Dwayne Brown? Dwayne Brown, he was their, he was banged up, though. And their right guard, Damian Lewis from LSU, he's solid, but he's been banged up, too. Yeah, exactly. So an offensive line is a big problem for them. It showed up today against that Giants um, defensive line. And... Like you said, I think the biggest the biggest issue is like you brought up the defense. This is not a Super Bowl contending defense, and they've had problems all year. They they have they play that zone defense. They get shredded in it. Um, Ken Norton continues to be a problem for them. Jamal Adams continues to be a liability in coverage, and for the first time today, they got they got ran on bad i don't i don't know how i don't know how you can have jamal adams and bobby wagner two of the the guys in 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 the nfl that i think play the run the best at at their position one 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 of the best and you get ran on like that against a guy like out you got alfred morris doing home run emotes in in the end zone against them looking like it's 2012 out there how hard was he hitting but, the ball off that home run <laughs> swing like 500 feet plus it's at least it, it was bad dude they got ran on today i i haven't seen seattle play that bad in a, in a while in the run game i know they have their troubles in the past game but man, they got they got manhandled up front, dude. It was bad. It was really bad today. Absolutely, there's no way to say it. But I just have a question. Like, don't you think Russell Wilson at this point in his life is just used to the crappy old line play? Do you think he like you know that picture of Wolverine where he's got like the photo frame and he's looking at something he wants and he's kind of crying? I think Russell <laughs> Wilson does that with other teams' O lines every time, every single time. I mean, congrats it's, for drafting Damian Lewis. That's going to be a good player. But you are allowed to have a good O-line at every position, I believe. I checked the rule book. I believe that's allowed. Exactly. It's bad, dude. Uh, even though even though they got punched in the mouth that game, they still had a chance to win. I had complete faith that Russell Wilson was going to take them downfield and score a touchdown. But this time it didn't happen, surprisingly. And that's just the kind of that's how good he he can be. He can just turn that switch and flip it on. But today it didn't happen. They got punched in the mouth. They let the Rams creep back up, and now they're in a dogfight again for this division. I think this defense needs to sorry, this defense needs to find a niche, something they do good. It's not man to man coverage. And on their zone coverage, the communication is so bad. We've talked about this before we had the podcast. How at this point in the year do you not pick up guys coming into your zone? 
it's like a break of coverage that happens in the first week. You expect that in the first week. You know, people are sloppy. I understand. But week eight, week seven, week nine, that shouldn't happen. And that's what always happens with them. I don't know why they continue to have faith in Ken Norton. Sorry, one. I know it's your boy, Raider Gray. No, not at all. I hate Ken Norton. He's not he's just not good schematically. He's he's really not. He he calls the absolute be okay, besides Greg Williams. <laughs> besides Greg Williams, he he calls the worst times for blitzes. I swear. He'll call a blitz on third and twenty. I swear. And it will be the complete wrong time to call it. That's the kind of defense coordinator uh, Ken Norton is. Yeah, he's great. He, he He's great in an aspect of getting the players fired up and he tapes his fingers up and he acts like he's back, back in the day <laughs> playing for the Dallas Cowboys. That's great and all. I, I get it. I, I can see why players love him. But schematically and the play calls that he does and obviously with the communication as far as the defensive back goes, the same thing was happening in Oakland. Guys just weren't communicating back there. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what he does in the offseason or during the week of practice, and especially this year with, with how many Zoom calls there is. That should be number one priority since you're not practicing out there on the field is communication. You get me? Oh, absolutely. So, so, so yeah, man, it, it goes back to – I love Seattle as far as the Russell Wilson and DK aspect, but you can't go to the Super Bowl with this kind of defense, flat out. Last year, the Chiefs went through something similar. Their defense didn't really have a niche, didn't really know what to do, but at the end of the year, they figured it out, and I think that's what Seattle needs to come to. They kind of have to have a come-to-Jesus meeting on defense, say, what are we going to be on defense? Are we just going to be ultra-aggressive and try to create a few turnovers? Yeah, they they should definitely take a page out of their book because whatever they're doing right now is not working. They need to get it together, and they probably can. They got some. They got. See, that's the thing. They got players to do it. They have Jamal Adams. They have Bobby Wagner. They have KJ Wright. A lot of these guys are talented. They're that's. I don't think that's the problem. I think it comes down going back to the communication on the field and the fundamentals. And they're they're not doing that right now. Absolutely. They were all out of sorts. And speaking of teams that were out of sorts, me and Juan both had the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Smack. They got smacked <laughs> by the Browns. Yeah. Actually, I actually have a recording of the game. <laughs> That's how the game sounded like from the first half. Jeez, man. Oh, my goodness. You want to start off on this one? I just want to say, I have never said anything negative about Baker Mayfield. Not ever. He showed up today. He thought he was in a progressive commercial. He hit all the right plays. Baker Mayfield had himself a day. I'm obviously being sarcastic. But. Baker Mayfield, I got to tip my hat to him, played amazing. Granted, Tennessee did their best to give him the easiest throws in the world, but he hit him. He didn't do anything stupid. Granted, the Browns had a little bit of revenge from last year, week one. So maybe that fueled him a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's, 
you got to start off. We got to start off by talking about this game with Baker Mayfield. Like you said, you got to tip your hat to him. Uh, four touchdowns, I believe. Well, I got the stats right here. I got first half. Okay, this game was forty-one to thirty-five. It wasn't that close. It wasn't. It was a butt kicking. Baker was nineteen for twenty-three in the first half, two eighty-two, and four touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, you you gotta tip you gotta tip your hat to Baker. He 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 balled out today. He he had a perfect half. The Browns had a perfect half, but I feel like a lot of this credit should go to their head coach, Stefanski. It should go to him, man. He called a perfect game today, especially in the first half. Perfect. The, the play calls that, that, they were, that they were doing on Tennessee, it looked like they had a great, great week of preparation. They knew exactly what to call. They knew exactly what what coverages Tennessee ran on third down, and they were ready for it. They ran the ball good. They ran play action perfectly. They executed perfectly. It was great today, man. Stefanski, a plus, dude. I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. He's he's really turning it around. The Cleveland Browns. I know that's crazy. It sounds crazy for me to say, but the Cleveland Browns have been turned around, dude. They're nine and three. Nine and three, bro. And to to go on the other side of the ball in the Tennessee Titans, man, that's that's tough to happen, dude. They got demolished in the first half. They didn't have no chance to get the run game established with Derrick Henry. Um, They're missing a couple guys on defense. They're really missing a Dory Jackson. A Dory Jackson is has not been playing this year for them. they, they're missing Jadavion Clowney, who's out for the year now. He's a big loss, obviously. So their their defense got their butts kicked in the first half. They almost made it interesting. Yeah, at the tail end of it, but I felt like Cleveland took their foot off the gas, and they are missing guys. There's no doubt. Well, that's every team, and this is why I don't buy Tennessee as a true contender. Yeah, I, I still like Vrabel, though. I still like Vrabel. You just like him because he said he would give one of his balls to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you don't even like him. No, um, no, I like Vrabel. Uh, Vrabel's good. I, I like. I still like the Titans. It's not over. They, they still have the division to win, and and if they don't win the division, they got a good chance of making the wild card. So it's not over for them. Yeah, they got their butts kicked today, but I. Let's let's not let's not kill them yet. They're the Browns are a really good team. It seems like they're a really bad matchup for for Tennessee. So we might we who knows we might see this matchup again in the playoffs, and it might be a whole different ball game. Tennessee needs to get healthy on defense, and they need to do it fast. But you teased about how the Browns are back. You know, after going zero sixteen, what three years ago? Was it three years ago? That. Yeah, three years ago, dude, this team went zero and sixteen. It's it's insane, and now they're nine and three, looking looking to be in the driver's seat for the playoffs. And I want to and I want to take a look back on how they really built this thing, man. Like, let's get into it. Let's. I wanna I wanna go over who they drafted, what free agents have they have they done? Because you got to give them credit, dude. 
Owen 16 three years ago. They turned it around. They they came down from the bottom of the pits. I mean, Cleveland hasn't made the playoffs since what, 1999, 95, I believe. I'm not even sure. It's it's been a while. And it looks like they're going to do it. It looks like they're going to do it. Well, I got I got some of the picks right here. 2018. I'm just I'm not going to go over every pick, but I'm going to take the ones that they did a great job on. 2018 first overall pick Baker Mayfield. That's arguable, right? Maybe you take Josh Allen, but I still think they hit that pick. Yeah. Fourth was Denzel Ward. That's a great pick. He's a good corner. Great pick. And 35th, maybe their best pick, Nick Chubb. Granted, he came off a horrific knee injury, but, man, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, he's the most important player on their on their offense. It's not even close. I see here that they, they got, what, Mac Wilson – Taki-Taki. I don't want yeah, to say his two, first name. <laughs> yeah, uh, two great linebackers right there. Nah, not great, but, you know, they're, NFL. they're solid linebackers. Yeah. yeah, They're not bums. Exactly. I'm going to start calling Taki-Taki chip boy. <laughs> and then 2020, what, they, they got Jedrick Wills. He's solid for them. He looks like he's going to be a good player for them. Grandel Pet, even though he's hurt this year. They got Harrison Bryant. And then they got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's very big for them. We had a big touchdown for them today. He looks like he's going to be a solid player. Yeah. Is there anyone that hates Harrison Bryant more than David Njoku? <laughs> yeah, that 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 wasn't so – that. yeah, that wasn't a good pick for them. And that just goes to show you how good they've been. Because they missed on that draft pick, and usually for a team like that, it really hurts them. You need to hit on draft picks like that. But they they their roster has been built in these last three years, and they've been doing a great job, man. And I'm going to just talk about some free agency they brought in, building off what you said. They got Jack Conklin, solid right tackle. I wouldn't say he's great, but I'd say he's good. Austin Hooper, good tight end. Carl Joseph, solid safety. Sheldon Richardson, again, just good players. They also picked up Kareem Hunt, and he's been one of their best players on offense. Him and Nick Chubb, they're amazing. Yeah, definitely. Two-headed monster. And they traded for OBJ and Jarvis. Honestly, is the worst move the OBJ trade? Because he doesn't really fit them. No, they arguably play better without him, and that's, that's the reality of it. And that is that is one of the big misses that they've had, but it hasn't hurt them, dude. And one guy that we forgot to to mention that's a big part of this, and them going zero and sixteen, is Miles Garrett. Absolutely. And people at the time were talking bad about you got to take a quarterback one, take a quarterback one. And they didn't fall for the pressure. They didn't miss on a quarterback. Well, they, they didn't miss. They just didn't miss. The first pick, because that's catastrophic if you miss the first pick. Yeah, Garrett was worth the first pick. Granted, he's not a quarterback, but DN slash edge rusher, because that's what it is now, it's just edge rusher, is the second most important position on the field? Arguably. Yeah, definitely. You got to get to the quarterback. But yeah, we got we to tip our hats to the Browns, man. We got to. They've, they've drafted solid. They sign free agents solidly. They're trending in the right direction right now. And 
yeah, their quarterback is a game manager, but they have Nick Chubb. They have Miles Garrett, who arguably playing like the best defensive end right now in football. He had COVID, so he kind of slowed down just because of COVID. He had a good game today, and he's a monster. He's probably the most physically gifted edge rusher in football. I feel confident saying that. And when you said about the game manager, most people think a game manager is what? Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor. They don't win you the game. They don't lose you the game. Baker, he kind of goes both ways. He can win you some games, Baker. But at the same time, he can lose you some games. And I'd rather have a guy like that than Alex Smith or Tyrod Taylor. No shame at them. But that's just my my personal preference. Yeah. Is this Baker's most impressive win of his career? I would say yes, it is. And he's definitely going to get six more commercials out of this one win. (laughs) Yeah, we'll both bet on that. Oh, absolutely. Well, you said they were, what, 0-16 three years ago? Yep, three years ago. If you had asked me three years ago, I would not have bet on another team going 0-16. We have to come up for a name for that very special feat. Oh, no. Uh, I think I know what game you're talking about. Why, why don't I let you? You can. I'll give you one minute to intro the game and just, just you can yell into the mic. All right. Take a deep breath. You so, got it. You have this. <laughs> All right, look. I was losing my freaking mind during this game. I was so pissed off. The Raiders absolutely brought me down to my knees on the way they were playing. And then they carried you to the heavens. And yeah, they cared. Thank God. I want to thank, I want to thank Greg Williams (laughs) for being one of the worst defensive coordinators in the NFL and sending eight guys on a blitz when the Raiders have to go 50 plus yards. Thank you for that. I want to thank Lamar Jackson for being a slow cornerback. I want to thank. <laughs> Not bad for wanna, a cornerback. <laughs> I want to. I want to thank Henry Ruggs for being fast. Look, man. The bottom line is the the Raiders should have lost this game. And yes, the Jets are the Jets, and Greg Williams blitzed eight guys. I still can't believe that man. for no reason. He blitzed eight for no reason. And he kept on doing it continuously. There was multiple plays before that where Carr just flat out missed Nelson Aguilar. Oh, so that's the crazy thing. He rushed four on that play and they got burnt deep. So yeah, like, learn your lesson. Put a guy back there. Yeah, the Raiders had no business winning this game. They didn't deserve to win this game. Bottom line is, they're lucky that they played the Jets, dude. They're lucky that they played the Jets. Um, Clean Farrell had his best game of his career. Trayvon Mullen had a pick. Darren Waller showed why he's a top three tight end in the league. But to be honest, I did not like the way Derek Carr played, man. Derek Carr did not play good. I felt like he missed a lot of guys in crucial situations. And like I said, we got lucky. We got lucky with that last play. He hit Henry Ruggs. They blitzed eight guys. We got lucky. They they might go 0-16. I have their schedule here if you want to hear it. Please, I want to hear it. Well, this is probably a cupcake game. They're playing Seattle in Seattle. 
then they're playing next week. Yeah, next week they're playing Seattle. Okay. Then they're playing at the Rams. That's a loss. Yeah. Well, they're all losses, but they're playing the Browns. <laughs> That's a loss. And then they're playing the Patriots. That might be their best chance. That's yeah. To be honest, that's their best chance. There is no way Bill Belichick is gonna lose to the Jets week seventeen slash eighteen, whatever the COVID crap's gonna be. Wait, that's their last game of the season, at, right? At the Patriots, Bill Belichick gonna be rolling in his grave if the Jets win that game. <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't see it, and the. It, and I think the Patriots are going to be playing for something week week seventeen. Oh yeah, they're in the they're back in it. We're going to get to that a little later. But Trevor Lawrence, they're in the driver's seat for him, and that's I guess the consolation prize for zero sixteen. Yeah, uh, I I guess they're glad to be the worst team in the league, and they're probably glad that they lost this game. But I mean, let's look at it. Let's look at their team. The uh, now that I'm thinking about it, the players that they're probably going to resign and, and keep and guys who are actually going to impact their team, I can really only think of three. What, Quinn and Williams, Mackay Becton, and maybe Jamison Crowder? Yeah, maybe Bra- maybe they'll bring back Braxton Berrios for another great year. <laughs> oh, geez. They love that guy. What? They love slow wide receivers and – well, they got Denzel Mims too. I don't want to just throw his name out. There's not a lot I love of building blocks. Some Denzel Mims. Oh my God! One <laughs> has a a pile of stock he has sitting at home about Denzel Mims. <laughs> but nonetheless, none of those players matter because the number one player that's the most intriguing about their situation is Sam Darnold. And are they going to keep Sam Darnold? Because, like you said, whether whether or not they go 0-16, they're most likely going to get Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. So what do you think they should do? Should they keep Darnold? Should they trade Darnold? What do you think they're going to do? Keep Darnold. When you put a guy around crap, sometimes he's going to look like crap. And granted, Darnold can't stay healthy, but why do you want to bring Trevor Lawrence into this situation? There's no receivers, no playmakers, no no head coach. Adam Gates should be gone. Greg Williams should definitely be gone just for today. If I was the owner, yeah, he'd be fire. he'd be one of those unemployment boys <laughs> getting a stimulus check buying Gucci. I would not take Trevor Lawrence, not because he's not the number one quarterback, but as we've seen before, sometimes when you draft a guy who could be good into a crap situation, that situation is going to ruin them. So kind of go the way the Cleveland Browns did. Go 0-16, build the team around them, then take the quarterback. The Dolphins did the same thing with Tua. They built the team around them. Just do that. Don't do something stupid. And Trevor Lawrence, why do you want to go play in New York Jets? Why do you want to suck? Why do you want to get hurt putting the team on your back? I'm going to go on the other side of this, and I'm going to disagree with you. Why? Why? Look, when you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the best prospect since what? Andrew Luck? 
Yeah, definitely since Andrew Luck for sure. I was thinking I was thinking someone else, but you don't want to hear who I was going to say. You don't get a guy like this in the draft for what seven to ten years. Every seven to ten years, you probably get a guy like this. What was Luck? Twenty twelve. Yeah. So eight years. So that was nine years. Eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was eight years ago. So you don't pass up on Trevor Lawrence. You just don't. I don't care. I don't care if your team's bad or whatever. If if Trevor Lawrence is that good a, as a prospect and you check the film and he makes all the throws, he has all the intangibles, he has the personality, he has the leadership, you draft that guy no matter what. I don't care. I'm not drafting the guy because my team sucks. I'm drafting the guy at number one and Trevor Lawrence to make my team better and turn crap into greatness. And speaking of Darnold, I think that ship has sailed. I don't think his value is as high as it was in the beginning of the season. I don't think they're going to get much for him. He's obviously not the quarterback of the future. He's not, at least not in New York. He's going to need a a change of scenery. He's going to need a change of, of, of pace and, He's going to need a new environment because it's not going to happen in New York. So you're saying you sold the stock in Sam Darnold that you previously owned? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm Sam Darnold, I'm New York Jets stock. Fan. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's not going to work out, dude. It's not. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. They messed up. They should have traded him in the beginning of the season. They should have did a kind of like how Arizona did. And trade Josh Rosen. They traded him early. They didn't waste any time. They got what they could from him. And that's the bottom line. And it was either they were naive to the point where they thought they were good. Or they're just really dumb. Because it's obvious from this roster that they that they brought out for 2020. It wasn't good. And that was basically the direction they were going when they traded Jamal Adams. They said, okay, we're going to trade Jamal Adams, our best player. We're going to collect that assets, and we're going to work on building the future. So they should have did that and traded Darnold. Why not? Play Joe Flacco. Go all in. Go all in for Trevor Lawrence. Trade Darnold while you can because you know his stock wasn't going to go up. You know he had a bad team this year. He doesn't have no receivers. They got Frank Gore, who's like, 55 years old playing running back their defense sucks you should have sold you should have sold darnold in the beginning of the year and they messed up by doing that but nonetheless they're the jets they make mistakes but by no means you do not pass up on trevor lawrence you don't do it you can't ever are you are you pro tanking in this one instance for the jets or are you just saying Darnold, with the, even with Darnold, with those, well, I guess you can't get much lower than 0-16, right, with Darnold? So just trade him when his value's at the highest? Be a little proactive is what you're saying? Yeah, they, they weren't. Look, they were like half-ass proactive because it's obvious that they were that they were tanking. They got rid of Jamal Adams. That was the first sign right there. Well, so two first-round picks is, isn't bad. It's not nothing. Yeah, it's not nothing, but you could have got more. 
You because you're look. Bottom line is, are you? Do you think you could have got more for Darnold in the beginning of the season or now? Now, I think what his value is now is similar to Josh Rosen's. He's better than Josh Rosen, so you probably get like I don't a second. So. You don't think his value is better than Josh Rosen? I I think this year kind of stamped it. I don't I don't think he's. I don't think I think a lot of teams are not gonna trade a lot for him. I get that, but I just don't think that's the case. And you know, just to just to say something else about Lawrence, do you know if he's a Peyton Manning or a Manning passing academy alum? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I know he's an elite, elite eight or the elite eleven winner. Well, he needs to go to that passing academy. He needs to go talk to Eli Manning. Okay. Just be like, what do I do if I don't want a team to take me? Eli's got the blueprint. Pull a John Elway. Do whatever you can to not go to the Jets. That's all I'm going to say. If I were him, I wouldn't even consider going. Don't go back to school, but we've seen players do this a couple times, force their way off the Jets. Yeah, well, if that's the case and it does come down to that, they better get a bunch of draft picks to whoever wants to go trade up with them. This has got to be worth more than the RG3 pick, right? Yeah, it's it, at least three to five first you three. can get. Yeah, three. Three is the minimum. Three is the minimum. Oh, three and maybe a cup, depending on who trades up. Say you get lucky and like the Jags somehow go to four. Then they have to jump a couple teams, you know? Yeah. And you bring up the draft and Trevor Lawrence. It's they have They have a lot of draft picks from Seattle from that Jamal Adams trade. Yeah, their team is bad right now, and you say that right now about, you know, don't bring them in a situation and all this and that. If they draft well, they'll have a team around him. It's going to build. They're going to build around him. They have two first-round picks next year. They got a second. They got two-thirds, and then they got four through seven. So they got some assets, and then plus they got the first-round pick the year after that from Seattle. But are you aware— this is the New York Jets we're talking about who don't draft good. Grant, I can't say that with the full hearts. They took Becton, who was my boy, and he's great. But this is the Jets. They'll mess it up. It's like the Browns almost. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of skipping processes, and obviously they're probably going to fire their coach and and maybe get a new GM. But as far as right now, that that is the first step. You need to get a smart GM. You need to get a good GM, and you need to get a good, good head coach. I think Joe Douglas is safe. He's a, he's signed a five-year contract there in case wasn't the coach he hired. I think he's safe. He's a good GM. He was with the Eagles for a long time. Yeah. Well, you go 0-16, it's going to be Well, tough. maybe if your defensive coordinator doesn't blitz eight guys <laughs> for no reason, but he was just selling. Yeah. That's a tough look for my guy. You want me to say it? Go Raiders. Go Raiders, by the way. You want me to say it? <laughs> just, just without a doubt, like one of the most tough, just, oh, my God, tough looks for my guy, Greg the Leg Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I call him Greg the Leg because he's going to be running away from New York Jets Mafia fans, whatever, for selling out that game. <laughs> That's tough, dude. Thank God there wasn't no fans there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It would have been a bigger fight than the Bengals-Dolphins. 
Oh, man. Can we get into that one? Oh, absolutely we can. Do you want to throw the first punch? I mean, do you want to take the lead? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the lead, man. So, Bengals versus Dolphins. Dolphins win. The ball game was kind of over, in my opinion. Turning point when Tyler Boyd and Xavier, Xavier Howard. It's Xavier. Correct? Tyler Boyd and Xavier Howard got ejected for throwing punches at each other. But the the first thing I want to get into is Tua's play. It didn't scream out to me like, wow, what a game. It didn't scream like amazing to me. It it was 26 for 39, 296 yards and a touchdown. I feel like he's still being managed. They don't really trust him completely. One of the things that stood out to me was his lack of arm strength. He just doesn't put a lot of zip on the ball. I I know they won 19 to 7, but the Bengals defense doesn't have that many good players on it. I thought Dolphins should have beat them a lot better than they did. I wasn't completely impressed with Tua's game. I know he had the thumb injury, but I wasn't impressed. Yeah, and bring it back to that arm strength of Tua. I I agree, man. That that was a big problem with him coming out was was the arm strength. But nonetheless, he got it done. Uh, The Dolphins' defense continues to look good. They gave up that big play to Tyler Boyd in the beginning of the game on a little smoke screen. But they look good. Shaq Lawson still playing good. Their corners with Byron Jones still playing good. And Brian Flores got him rolling. Xavier Howard had his league-leading eighth interception. Is it possible he gets 10? Is that the most in recent history? Uh, I'm not sure. I think we're gonna have to look that up at some point. I know, I know, J.C. Jackson was up there with them this year, also. That's insane. Belichick and Flores they got two guys leading the league in interceptions. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of the Bill Belichick tree, New England beat the brakes off the Chargers today. I know these two idiots that picked the Chargers and were like. Yo, I trust this rookie quarterback. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> man, we're watching the game together. We're like, oh man. Two we look so bad right now. It's it, not his fault though. It's not his fault. Oh no, Herbert, no. It was a systematic butt kicking at all three phases. The special teams fire him. Ban him from the NFL for life. Stop giving up 60-yard punt return and then a punt return touchdown. It's ridiculous. Anthony Lynn needs to go. Yeah, block kicks, block punts, punts return for touchdowns. It's it's the whole bang, dude. It's it's bad in, in Charger Town right now. It's bad enough that their fan base is weak in L.A., I'm sure nobody really cares. But. <laughs> Come on. Stop. <laughs> Little shots there. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it, it was bad. The The Chargers coaching is terrible this year. It, I personally like a- Anthony Lynn as a leader and how he conducts himself. But he doesn't have that that good of coaches around them. I would argue that the best position group out of their whole team that plays really well is the running backs. 
because it seems like whoever they got <laughs> our running back is pretty good. And that's Anthony Lynn. That that's where he came from. He he's a running back coach, so it doesn't surprise me. I like him too. Honestly, the Hard Knocks. I was I watched Hard Knocks. I was wow, Anthony Lynn, man, he's a good guy. But just because you're a good guy doesn't mean you're a good coach. And he doesn't have a good staff around him, in my opinion. He can't manage the team in late game situations. I know this game was far out of reach, forty five zero. It's just bad. He needs to go. I think the next coach is going to inherit a damn good team. And oh my goodness, it's gonna that's a that's gonna be the hot the hot coaching job in the league. What did you think? Can I make my sales pitch for it? I would love to hear it. It's a little it's a little theatrical, but just bear with me, okay? Hey, do you like living in Los Angeles? Seventy degrees year round. Do you like great young quarterbacks on a cheap rookie deal? Do you like having no expectations and being the Clippers of the NFL? Well, if you do, come coach the LA Chargers. No one expects anything from us ever. <laughs> I joke, but like it's true. No one cares. No offense, yeah, Charger no fans. No one cares about them. No one absolutely cares about We're them. We're from the LA. Chargers. Believe yeah. us. I went to a Chargers Eagles game. 80% Eagle fans. We all know who runs LA. And it's not the Chargers. <laughs> it's I would argue it's it's three teams. It's the Chargers. Uh, excuse me, not the Chargers. I would argue it's three teams. It's the Raiders, Green Bay Packers, and the Dallas Cowboys. I would say those are the three most common teams that you see of fans in LA. What was the first one? You said the Rams? No, I said the Raiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Raiders the Cowboys, and the Packers. I want to say the Force Pittsburgh. Yeah, definitely. Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, don't, I think the Rams maybe cracked the top five. In- yeah, the, the, there's Rams fans here, but it's more it's more like casuals. It's casual fans. It's, it's more, hey, I'm going to go for the Rams because they're L.A. Todd Gurley. Got to rock with the hometown. Yeah. Still think Todd Gurley plays for them and stuff. <laughs> yeah but b- back to what you were saying I, and by the way i love that sales pitch i want to be the Chargers coach you're hired i would love to <laughs> can you not get a but, good kicker because that's what the one of the main priorities is to find a bad kicker <laughs> exactly um but they got talent everywhere dude they look they got justin herbert he's gonna be great he's probably gonna be one of the best young quarterbacks for years to come they got Austin Eckler. They got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Um, you go on the defensive side of the ball. You got Joey Bosa. You have Melvin Ingram on the other side. You still have Casey Hayward. That's a pretty decent corner. And even though the guy's injury prone and he gets injured a lot, but he's a damn great player. I know, I know you love him, Max, is Derwin James, and he's an absolute game changer for them. Gosh, man, they could use him so much this year. Don't not to not to forget about first round pick Kenneth Murray, who's solid. Jerry Tillery, he's kind of improving. He was crap his first year. No offense, but this year he's been a lot better. 
And like you said, there's ta- there's too much talent on this team to have what two, three wins. Yeah, way too much talent, man. In the beginning of the season, I was I was telling Raider fans and just people in general, watch out for the Chargers. I mean, even their offensive line is not that bad. They got Trey Turner. They got Bulaga from Green Bay. They have a solid team. There's no reason why this team should only have three wins on the season. You can't put it on the quarterback. He's been amazing the whole year, Herbert. This was his worst game. He didn't do that bad. He threw two picks, but he was trying to make something happen. I don't blame him for it. Yeah, and I I think the Chargers know it's a lost cause this year, and I I I think they're keeping Anthony Lynn just off respect and letting him finish out the job. But it's let's be real here: the Chargers wouldn't have found out about Herbert unless the doctor messes up on a. You mean the team a, doctor attempted to murder Tyrod Taylor? Exactly. If that didn't happen, we we might be just still seeing Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Can't wait to see 120 passing yards with 60 rushing yards. It's my dream. Exactly. And and Anthony Lynn has has said after press conferences, if Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he's our starting quarterback. Obviously, that got shut down after Herbert was throwing three touchdowns, four touchdowns, 300 plus yards. Game after game after game. So that got shut down quick. But it's it's an obvious coaching problem. They have talent. They they just need a they need to piece it together. And just like Max said about the Giants, I hate the Chargers. I can't stand the Chargers. They have no fan base. They have stupid sayings like bolt up. I don't like them at all. <laughs> but I acknowledge a good team when I see one. And they have way too much talent to be that bad. You're 100% right. They draft good. They just don't coach good. And that's going to change this year more than likely. And I'm interested to see who they're going to hire. And I'm sure moving forward, when the news is official, he's gone, which we're all betting on. We'll come up with a list, and we'll get into it more in the offseason. So let's get into these other games. Uh, Minnesota beat Jacksonville today in overtime, correct? 27 to 24 Vikings. They made it very difficult because of who? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins threw that pick six in the beginning of the second half. It was bad. Dalvin Cook wasn't even looking. He had pressure in his face. He got scared, threw it off his back foot. Pick six by Joe Sherbert, Schobert, former Cleveland Brown, may I mention. Uh, pick six to the house. Justin Jefferson continues to ball out this year. Sorry, Eagle fans. Sorry, Max. It's okay. But. It's okay. I, I've accepted we're not allowed to have a good receiver. And look, uh, credit to me and Max. I, I know me and Max love Justin Jefferson coming out of the draft. I, I, I thought he was a can't-miss prospect because he – I don't know how you explain a guy scoring that many touchdowns, even even though he had Joe Burrow, the number one pick, throwing to him. It's still extremely hard to score that many touchdowns, and he did it against top talent. One day I'll reenact my reaction when I found out the pick of Rager over Jefferson because one, like, one knows I had my heart set on Jefferson, and I believed like if he's there, we're not passing him. But the Vikings are clawing, them, clawing their way back into the playoffs. I'm impressed yeah, with this team. They might sneak in. They might sneak in. 
I don't really feel like this is a great roster, but Zimmer is a damn good coach. They need to kind of fix their roster a little bit to be more successful, and that might start with Kirk Cousins, even though he's good. Yeah. But yeah. good shouldn't make thirty million dollars a year around there. Yeah, it's they might sneak in. They they they're definitely exceeding my expectations because everyone basically wrote them off when they went what one and four, I believe, one and five, I believe. This NFL season's been full of injuries and COVID. Well, it's always full of injuries, but the COVID just complicated things and. Like we talked about last week, the NFL gives 0% care about your teams affected by COVID. Unless you're the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Yeah, and they got Dalvin Cook, top three running back in the league. Kirk Cousins is what he is. They got two dynamic duo, uh, two dynamic receivers on the outside. So they might sneak in. We'll see. And moving on from another NFC matchup, is the Saints against the Falcons. Well, going really quick, going back to the Vikings, would you put Dalvin Cook at quarterback? Because that's what <laughs> it's like almost <laughs> like watching Taysom Hill at quarterback. I know he had his best day passing today, but sometimes he just runs too much for my liking. What about a report card on Taysom Hill? What are you giving him? Uh, I give him an A-plus so far, man. He's he's had his best best game today. Against the Falcons, he he ran the ball, he passed the ball, he was reading coverages. His feet looked good, his arm looked good, and he made all the right reads. It was it was a great game, I, best game so far that I've seen from him. And I think more credit goes to Sean Payton. Sean Payton's amazing. He he continues to impress me with coaching these backups because I believe he's undefeated now with backup quarterbacks. Are you trying to imply something about Drew Brees? No, 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 no. I might be Not trying to imply something about Drew Brees <laughs> I and know his you noodle are. arm. <laughs> I know you are. I would give Taysom Hill a solid B. I haven't been blown away. Today was the best I've seen him look. Denver, I don't want to count that game because it was a weird game. Like they, All they had to do was run the bottle in that game. Not lose the game. He has a lively arm. It's better than I thought. He threw for his first touchdown, which is kind of crazy to think about because he's already caught several touchdowns and rushed for several touchdowns. But he threw for his first two today, which is wild. Really quick to the other side of the ball, what do you think of Atlanta? They're like the kings of keeping games close. Well, typical (laughs) Atlanta. First thing I got to say about Atlanta, welcome welcome back down to earth, Atlanta. Because... (laughs) <laughs> they didn't play nearly as good as they did against the Raiders. But Atlanta's, I mean, Julio Jones seems like he's hurt every play. And I love Julio Jones. Matt Ryan's, uh, he's an upgrade above Kirk Cousins. He's basically Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins was actually good. But uh, Atlanta has a lot of work to do. It, it, their situation's a different animal. I agree with you. I wish Julio would shut it down for a change. I love his toughness, but, man, just just take six weeks off, man. This team's done for. You have nothing left to prove. Just try to be healthy, man. This, the Falcons didn't choke this game, which is a good thing, right? They just lost it. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to talk about another team that we should put a choking hazard next to? Oh, my goodness. 
the Lions and the Bears. Man, the Lions had me scared. All that stuff we said about playing hard for your new coach. I was like, this isn't looking good. What happened? Patricia's gone. You're supposed to ball out. But thank you, Mitch Trubisky. I appreciate you fumbling that ball in the red zone. (laughs) Backed up in your own territory. I appreciate you. It was a crappy game. There was a lot of scoring, but they're bad teams, man. It's not great to watch. It doesn't look amazing. It was more high scoring than I thought, though. I will say that. I will give them props for scoring some points. Yeah, it was an ugly game. I believe the game was 6-9 to nine at one point. But Mr. Trubisky, Nick Foles, doesn't matter. The Bears are a mess. They suck. They found a way to lose this game, which I thought Montgomery probably had his best-looking game in a while. He looked pretty good today. They were running the ball well in the beginning, but it quickly died down. Matthew Stafford continues to push this garbage team along and do what he can. He had a great game. Uh, Matthew Stafford basically beat out Mr. Trubisky, which probably almost any quarterback can. It's pretty clear to me this is more than the quarterback situation in Chicago. It's a Nagy situation. He needs to be on the hot seat. I don't know if he should be gone. I haven't made that decision yet, but he should be on the hot seat. And I would say the hot seat should be 7 out of 10 on the heat setting. No, it should be 9 out of 10. Fire him right now. Uh, He's not the guy for the job. Flat out. I've never liked how he always made excuses for himself. Like, I didn't draft this guy. This guy doesn't know my full playbook. He's a crappier version of Doug Peterson, who I'm also, at the moment, not a huge fan of. We're going to get into that after one more game. Colts and Texans. Feel so bad for Deshaun Watson, man. I'm so sorry. Thanks again, Bill O'Brien. Thank you. Yeah, tough sight to see Deshaun crying on the sidelines. Would you put that on him, that snap, or that's the center? No, that's center. That's center's fault. I agree with Low that. Low snap. Yeah, bad snap. Uh, Tough way to lose, man. They've they've had a tough year this year. It was a sloppy game. There's a lot of turnovers. I liked how Jonathan Taylor looked. He looked fast, looked powerful. He didn't fumble, shockingly. And I saw signs of life from T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, best game. He had over 100 yards. I've seen him score also. Is this where he just comes back on as a good receiver after being banished for, what, 10 weeks? No. He'll probably have no catches next week. <laughs> One catch for six yards on a smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah. I know fantasy players are mad. They're like, man, why couldn't Michael Pittman be the one to score? Why I got to be T.Y. Hilton this week? I would love to know how many leagues he started in, but yeah, it's it's it was it was a tough sight for the Texans, but nonetheless, Colts won. They're right back in it for the division. And they got a big game next week. They play the Raiders. So let's see what happens. That'll be a game where it's really going to have playoff implications. I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be probably one of our marquee matchups for next week. And Juan's so excited about it. I can see him smiling over the mic. (laughs) Oh, yes. But, you know, only one of our teams has a chance to make the playoffs this year. This is where I cry. My Philadelphia Eagles were dismantled again by the Green Bay <laughs> Packers. 
Aaron Jones put the final nail in the coffin. One, you go ahead, bro. Let me let me calm down. <laughs> no, no, you're not getting away from this one. I want you to talk about your team. You go first. Can you put the Jaden Smith karate kick clip where I hate it here? I want to go home. <laughs> Carson Wentz was crap. The whole offense is crap. We can't block for the poor guy. Jalen Hurts came in. He didn't look bad. I will say I thought the game was over when he came in. He dropped a dime to Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger showed signs of life. And as much as I hate to say it, Juan knows I have not liked Jalen Hurts even before he was on the Eagles. It wasn't the pick that made me dislike Jalen Hurts. It was the fact I said he's not that great of a thrower. But I'll say this. I have never seen a quarterback that looks so bad as a freshman at Alabama, no offense, to look as good as he does. He went from a one to, I would say, a six or seven. And that's a huge leap. Doug Peterson said he doesn't know who the starter is next week, and I agree with that. But I'm also happy to hear Doug Peterson's butts on the hot seat. He deserves it. You can't keep riding off the Super Bowl coattails anymore. Yeah. uh, As far as the game goes, Aaron Rodgers, MVP candidate, played great. Aaron Jones played played great. Devontae Adams continues to – Make an argument on why he's the best receiver in the game right now. He was falling out really quick. He was phenomenal. He destroyed Darius Slay again. Tough look for my guy D Slay. Loved him. Big play Slay. I need some more big plays <laughs> out of you. I know you're hurt. I love our defense fight, but continue on. I'm sorry. Yeah, Packers defense look good, but can I just ask the way you? you can, can I just ask you something? Yeah. Do you get sad in seeing Jason Peters play at 38? Yeah, he's done. He's trash. Stop playing, bro. Hang it up, dog. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Hang up the cleats, dog. <laughs> but, yeah, the you hear the way Max is talking about them, and it's true, man. They, they're not a good team. They suck. Uh, Carson Wentz, I don't know what has happened to him this year. Jalen Hurts. Came in the game. I was excited. I was I was stoked. You can ask Max. I was excited when he got into the game. I'm glad he made a couple throws. He had a couple runs. I would agree with Max with him at, at Alabama. He wasn't the best thrower that you have seen. But when he went to Oklahoma, man, and he got in that offense, he massively improved. He improved to the point where he was the runner-up for the Heisman and he got his way a job in the NFL, and he got drafted because when he was at, at, at Bama and he transferred to Oklahoma, in that little time period, no one no one thought that he was going to be a draftable player, at quarterback at least. He got drafted as a quarterback, and he's playing quarterback, so props to him, man. I always give mad respect to Jalen Hurts. One little story I heard about Jalen Hurts, why I give him so much respect, is I just love that he's, a, he's an adult, man. When he got benched, for Tua in the national championship. He stood up like a man. He took it like a man. He took responsibility. And he had no hard feelings. He acknowledged that his that he had bad play. And he gave Tua all the props, man. He helped out Tua. He had no bad blood against him. And players at that young age, especially in college, 
that's I, I see that as as a really big thing, man, because it's easy to start hating and start saying, oh, like it's the coach, blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, he acknowledges. I will say if I can add something really quickly, Juan, he did kind of redeem himself. He stepped up when Tua got hurt against Georgia the next year. So like you said, I don't love him as a prospect. I never did. But the intangibles about him are great. He's a great kid, like you said. I just want to give him some props. And I, I get you in that aspect. I'm not, like I said, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson um, fan. So it, it goes both ways. He, I acknowledge he's not, he's not the best thrower in the world. I get that. But I seen him. I seen him improve, and I, I think the kid works hard, and he, he'll be able to, to get to a point to at least be a, a, a good backup in the league. And maybe he gets a chance with Philly, man, because we got to get into it. We got to talk about it. We dodged it last week. I want to talk about it right now. What the hell are you guys going to do with Carson Wentz? I want to go home. I hate it. <laughs> Look, next week I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts to start because I want to see two running backs play each other and Taysom Hill and Jordan <laughs> and Jalen Hurts. Okay. No, on a serious note, I don't know what to do with Carson Wentz, man. I've stuck up for him all year. I still want to stick up for him because, like I said with Sam Darnold, when you put a guy around crap and he looks crappy, don't be don't be excited. His play needs to be better, but maybe you could give the guy something to work with. That's all I'm going to say. And, yeah, you you say to give something to work with, it's it's tough, man. And I'm going to say this. In my opinion, you guys should trade Carson Wentz. I said it last week on the podcast. I'm sticking by it. He continues to prove why you should trade him. And the first the first reason, his roster is way too old, man. You guys look at your impact players and your guys' good players. Fletcher Cox is already hitting 30. Alshon Jefferson is 30 years old. He's done. He's getting cut. I don't want him back. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. Rodney McLeod is thirty. Brandon Graham is thirty-two. He's not gonna. He's he's on the decline. It's gonna taper Jason off. Jason Kel. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Jason Kels. Jason Kels thirty-three. He's getting older. Zach Ertz is thirty. Oh, he's Brandon gone. Brandon Brooks is thirty. Ertz yeah. is gone. He's he's Zach- discontent with not getting an extension. He's done. And we already have Goddard, so yeah. he's gone. Yeah, Brandon Brooks. Wayne Johnson's thirty. He'll be fine. Those two guys scare me. They're both coming off bad injuries. Brandon Brooks has tore his Achilles too many damn times. I love the guy. He's been a monster for us. But it, it, the, both those guys are coming off injuries. And the money, like you're talking about, it's scary. Yeah, it's real scary. And not to mention Deshaun Jackson. You don't have to mention him. 34 years old. You don't have to mention He's <laughs> 34. done. 34. <laughs> I, I bought him a coffin to, for Christmas to put his football career in because it's done, my guy. You're done. Stick a fork in him. Yeah. He's overcooked. <laughs> He's done. Safe to say the safe to say the Philly reunion was only good for Week One against the Red- formerly oh, sorry. known Oops. as the Washington Redskins football team. <laughs> sorry, I did it. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Oh man, but yeah, it's it's not looking good, man. And just going off the top of my head about your guys' draft picks, I mean, I like. I like Derek Barnett. That's probably the only guy that I can think of that's been drafted in the last three years. Well, it's been all, Derek Barnett. Oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. Say it again. When did Derek Barnett get drafted? He got dra- He was a rookie the Super Bowl year, and that was Super Bowl 52. It was 2017, right? 2017. Just about. So about three, so about three years ago. Yeah. The offensive drafting is bad. A, lot, a long time bad. We're trotting out Jordan Howard to take carries. He's done too. And when you said the trade wins, we can't cut him. He's $25 million in dead money the next three years, I believe. So there's no hopes of cutting no. him. No, you guys can't cut him. And I don't think it's possible to cut him. Like, And, and not just an aspect of, of money-wise, just talent-wise. His case is way different from, from Sam Darnold. He has value. Even though he's playing bad, he still has a lot of value. And that's where I come back to where... This situation kind of reminds me, not exactly, but a kind of a situation like the Raiders were in with Khalil Mack. You have this great talent. You have a guy that you know he you know he's great. Yeah, he's having a down year, but he doesn't have no weapons around him. He has a lot of injuries on the offensive line. But that's my point. That's that's my point of bringing up where you guys don't have cap. You guys are screwed up on the cap next year. You guys have a lot of old players that you guys are banging on now. So you guys have to rebuild. You guys have to accumulate draft picks and get what you can get. And that means trading Carson Wentz. Yeah, maybe maybe he, you won't get a first-round pick. But even if it's a second or a third, whatever it is, you guys need to sell him. You need to sell him, accumulate some draft picks, get some younger talent in there, draft well. Yeah, it does take drafting well. Get rid of these old guys, like you said. Get rid of guys like Deshaun Jackson, and Alshon, and guys like Brandon Graham. You're talking about Wentz's they... top two receivers. We can't get rid of those guys. <laughs> exactly. Come on. And, and... <laughs> They're washed. <laughs> and, and I know you're being sarcastic, but yeah, that's it's just more to my point, man. You you need to sell Carson Wentz. He's not. I don't think it's gonna work out in Philly. I think. I think that relationship is done. It's he's a great quarterback. He's just not going to work out in Philly. He's not. And I love Carson Wentz, and I know you do too, and a lot of people do. I just Philly is just not working out right now, though. And Philly needs to do the right thing, get some draft picks, free up some money, and go from there, and improve your talent overall. Yeah, you're going to lose out on the quarterback. But what's the use of having a quarterback like that when you guys don't have talent? And it's obvious that he's not so much of a talent like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. No offense. That's, I mean, that's good company to be with, but it's reality. He's not one of those guys who can just carry a team. Because it's obvious. Because he would have did it this year. I agree. I felt like... The last couple years, we kind of depended on him, and he somehow made it work. But like you said, last year, we barely made the playoffs. We scraped in with crap on the offensive side of the ball. And now the bill's here at the table, and we have to pay it, and it's and this is this year. There's no playmakers on the field. It's so much inexperience. I blame Doug Peterson, too. That Aaron Jones run today was a microchasm. It's like this is more than just a quarterback. It's our team. I think I think Carson Wentz needs a fresh start. 
as much as I don't want it to happen, or I think we need a fresh start with a new coach and keep Carson Wentz. That's my opinion on it. I'm sure people disagree. You disagree, and that's fine. But I still believe in Carson Wentz. Well, you say that to keep Carson Wentz, but what's the move? What do you guys do from there? We need to trim some of the stupid contracts we have. We need to get healthy would be the main priority. I liked what I seen out of Greg Ward. I think we need to give him some more reps. We need to sign a receiver who can help a little bit. I know our cap's messed up, but there's many ways to manipulate the cap. And we messed up not taking Justin Jefferson. No offense, Jalen Rieger. And we messed up taking my man. You know who my man is. You want to just tell him who my man is on this team, the receiver I always love to talk about? J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Woo, that man's got more fumble recovery touchdowns than receiving touchdowns this year, baby. (laughs) Oh, man. The dude is a bona fide scrub, to quote Stephen A. Smith. This team needs a look in the mirror. We need to figure out where we're going. We're kind of directionless right now, and like you said, it's going to be a big offseason for us. Playoffs are a fantasy right now. Eagle fans, get that out of your head. <laughs> are they in a are they in better shape than the Cowboys? Yes. No, I don't know. It's like <laughs> flip a coin. I'm telling you, man, do it. They got to do it. Get rid of Wentz. I know it's tough. It's a hard pill to swallow because what we have saw – in him, but where would you, you trade him to? It. Where would you trade him to? Trade him to Denver. No, ill. No, I w- I would say <laughs> I saw this report earlier. There were general managers talking about it. They think if he went to the Colts, he could have a great career, a great season. Oh yeah, I Colts. would pray in my heart of hearts to him to get traded to the Colts with Frank Wright, who our offense looked crap since he left. And they got a great O-line. And he doesn't have to get sacked 15 times a game. Yeah. Denver. Indy. Minnesota. 49ers? Uh, for- Rams? <laughs> Goff exactly. for Wentz Swap? <laughs> I'm in. Exactly. There's a lot of teams out there. <laughs> no, man, don't. I hate Be them. willing to take some Carson Wentz. They'll be willing. I agree with that. He's not... He's got value, like you said, and please don't make me talk about this team more. Please. <laughs> we won't make you suffer no more. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, look, it was almost going to be a bad day for me today, all right? I was this close. I was a, I was a Greg Williams blitz away from being done with the Raiders, okay? To quote my boss, this is hell, and I'm in it. This is today. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I think that's it for the games. Uh, It looks like like the Broncos are keeping it close with the Chiefs. Shockingly. I need you to come through, Mahomes. Don't make me wrong. (laughs) Tyreek Hill caught that ball. Tyreek Hill caught that ball. (laughs) Come on, Cheetah. What are you doing? All right. Well, with that said, guys. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at Max underscore Juan Cast. Same thing on Twitter at Max underscore Juan Cast. Also, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That is at Max and Juan Cast. 
We appreciate it, guys. And we're on Apple Podcasts, like one said, and you can leave us a review. Five star, four star. There's no other options. Don't look. Don't look for them. But anything you guys want to do, that'd be great. We appreciate you guys listening. And just, like I say every week, just smash the follow button on everything Juan said. If this <laughs> video gets 10 likes, I'll do impressions on the podcast of people. Juan knows I do great impressions. <laughs> but we do oh, appreciate man. you guys. We joke around. We have fun. We love sports. We love talking about sports. And we love you guys for listening. Yeah, comment anywhere. DM us on Twitter, Instagram. Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can. Pretty sure we'll get to it and we'll answer whatever you guys want to talk about or whatever, man. Whatever opinions you guys have. We're coming out with daily content all the time. Even you, Charger fans. You have a place here, a safe place, away from Anthony Lynn mishandling the situation. <laughs> All right, with that said.